You're listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, changing rock history one podcast at a time. Moms and dads, Woo. boys and girls, children, moms, grandparents. Uh, who else, Kevin? Second cousins. Second cousins. Oh, boy. Kissing cousins. Mm-hmm. Especially the kissing cousins from West Virginia. Those are my favorite. Well, those are brothers and sisters also. Oh, yes. Sorry. I hope there's nobody watching or listening. From I know. Oh, sorry. Phone. It's a joke. Wait, let me, let me adjust the camera. 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 Hey. I, oh, we're going to do a we podcast in a, in a couple of weeks on... Um, Bands that I was thinking of camera because maybe think of Camera Eye by Rush. Right. We can talk about Rush freely tonight. No, Lily. Oh, Rush. Okay, we're back. <laughs> but um, so I had to adjust the camera. Lily's not here. Right. And um, but I was thinking of we're gonna do a podcast in a couple of weeks about what? What? Bands are like absolutely huge, like. Really, they're really, really big bands, but they never had a number one song. Oh. And there's so many that you go like... Right, you're like, they didn't? Re- no, that can't be... You're like looking it up, you're like, shit, they didn't. Mm-hmm. You know the highest charting song for Rush? Can't believe you don't know this. I thought for sure it has you would to be, It has to be Tom Sawyer. What? I, I thought too. But? I, it's not. What is it's it? An, it's Analog Man. Is it really? It's Analog Man, twin number 23. Wow! Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, because that like uh, uh, Tom Sawyer was like their breakout thing. Like everybody yeah, yeah, knew Tom yeah. Sawyer like back in the day. Song. How many people out there can hum along? Can hum a, a verse of Analog Man by Rush right now? I Kevin can. Of course I can. <laughs> but I always get like Analog Man and Digital Man kind of mixed up because they're all New the World same, Man and New World Man. It's all in my head. Man, man, man. It's all man, man, man. What yeah. is what like a freaking sexist Getty Lee and uh, uh, Neil Peart work? Yeah, right, some man, man, Guys. man. Well, you know, uh, uh, Alex, anyways, Alex uh, was into the women though. Okay, anyway, so it's, okay. so it's a Ludini rock. We didn't even get. <laughs> See what happens when Lily's not here. <laughs> we need reined in. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Go to ludinirockandrollcircus.com. Download. No, there is no app there yet. But go to LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. Oh. Is that a tease? There's all kind of very cool stuff mm. there. As, uh, one of the main reasons you want to go there is to become part of our inner circle group. Folks hang out with us live while we do the podcast. We interact and we have a good time. Uh, also, our YouTube ar- archive is there. All all our back episodes, everything is right there. So check it out at LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. There's some free downloads as well, some of my music. <clears throat> yes, that was me playing at the very beginning of the podcast. And I was doing something bluesy because we're going to be talking about Stevie Ray Vaughan tonight. Very good. Very I'm not, good. not nice keeping segue. you in suspense yes, about yes. that. I uh, also would like to give a shout out to Wolf's Customs. Go to wolfscustoms.online. Check them out all over social media. Why? Because they do amazing custom finishes. I just saw Chris post. He did a um, uh, an Eddie Van Halen. What's that thing? Yeah, I saw that. With a, on a V. Yeah, that was very cool. <clears throat> yeah, that that was sick. Chris, you do great work. Yeah, man. it was beautiful. Wow. Really cool. So so check them out. Uh, so you get your musical instrument like decked out, man. Why mm-hmm, not? You, know, you mm-hmm. get up on stage and you look a little bit different than the mm-hmm. other, you know, five schmucks who played before you. The schmucks. You'll just be the sick schmuck with like a cool guitar. 
<laughs> She's just a schmuck with a cool guitar. Yes. RockRageRadio.com. Download the free app. And don't forget to catch Hot Licks with Lily Six on Rock Rage Radio on Thursdays, Thursdays at, at six. 6. Very good. We pay attention Satan, sometimes. Satan. So check her out. Here's what I would like you guys to do. Lily's got something family situation going on. Her, her mother's very sick. <clears throat> That's why she's not able to be with us today. What I would like you guys to do is to like just anywhere you follow Lily. If you follow her on Instagram or you follow her on Facebook or wherever, just you know post a comment like, "Hey, thinking about you. Hope your mom's okay. Do you need anything?" Stuff like that is um, okay. Okay, I'll be with you in a minute. <laughs> Bisper Kevin's going to talk, and then I'll take care of this. Yes. So, um, but she would just appreciate like a you know just yeah. a hey. You saw, I heard you going through a tough time. You know, mm-hmm. let me know if I can do anything for you. I think that would mean a lot to her. Exactly. So uh, go ahead and throw that at her. Pittsburgh, Kevin, what is going on with you while I take care of this situation? Hey, uh, I can tell the story about our good friend Eric real quick while okay. you're checking your stuff. So I uh, get a text from our good friend Eric who went to high school with him, and he sends me a picture of a Les Paul, a Gibson Les Paul Supreme. Now, I don't know if you know this about me, I love me some Les Pauls. He goes, it's going up for auction. What do you think about it? He goes, somebody's saying it's a fake. I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. So have him send me a bunch of pictures. I do my research. And I just saved this cat like $2,000 because it is not a real Gibson. It's what's called a Chibson. It comes from China. And there was some oh, very... Oh, I get it. It's like, it's it, like right. seed for like China, yeah. but like Gibson, right? Yeah, right. They, they call it a Chibson. It's like a Chibson. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, so hey folks, if you're out there buying guitars and stuff, really pay attention because what you're buying may not be what you think it is. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a very cool guitar. Lou and I both said, hey, for like three, four hundred dollars, yeah. we would have bought it. Well, you know, the you know? comment that I made was that you are, uh, the comment that I made was that um <laughs> you're pretending anyways. Yeah, right. You know, right. when you buy these high-priced, expensive <laughs> guitars, you're pretending that you're Eddie Van Halen or Jimmy Page or Jimi Hendrix or Stevie Ray Vaughan. You, exactly. You're not. Right. You're hoping to catch some of that mojo, so what's the fucking difference? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it looks if, good. if it looks good and it gives you the, the vibe, as long as you don't try to pawn it off to people. Exactly. As, like, you don't, don't do that. That's no, wrong. No, that's a no-no. That's wrong. This is, I think that, well, I don't know. Gibson refuses to do kind of like what Paul Reed Smith and some of these other co- companies do, which mm-hmm. is like just make their guitar overseas. Right. You well, know, they have this Epiphone thing, and yeah, it's not really. But, but it's like you know. Mm. I mean, I think here's what Epif- here's what Epiphone needs to do. They need to fix the fucking headstock. They they did improve it. They did improve it. The newer it, but ones they are need improved. To keep keep but working they, on they it. They need it needs to just use the Gibson headstock. Yeah. That would oh. But I think here's what I here's what I think is going on with that. Okay. I think that they are they they know that if they do that, then uh-huh. they're then then Gibson will really lose money because everybody will everybody buy go right over the because they'll be like, okay, there's no difference now. Now we can yes, get we yes, can get a yes. you know Gibson has a lot of problems with consistency with their yes. instruments, right? Right, Kevin? Yes, they do. They have a you know. <laughs> they have a, Fit and finish. <laughs> comes I to mean, mind. like all kind of stupid yeah. shit that yeah. just. They should, for the money they charge. Yeah, that should be a uh, you know, flawless no, guitar. They, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, I mean, you compare them to like Paul Reed Smith. Right. You buy a $4,000 Paul Reed Smith. It's a $4,000 yes. guitar. 
Yes, it is. I mean, they're really kind of like trying to give you your mind. You got, you got the you got the ten top, mm. and you're going to have like the best pickups Sexy. and the best switching and the oh you know the best playing and yes. all of that shit. I think this is one of the reasons why John Mayer went to Paul Reed Smith mm-hmm. and had him make a Strat because, right. well, that's a thing too. A lot of these guitars that, these vintage guitars, have you ever played a vintage guitar? Well, if you consider a 79 Les Paul standard vintage, yes. No, no, I've never never played a real 50s or 60s vintage guitar. Ever. Okay, yeah. I, I've played, I've been able to play one or two. Just, you know, mm-hmm. I was at a music store and I, I schnookered the guy and let me play it. But I can tell you, man, anyone that I've ever played, I don't think they were very good guitars. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't like, they just like the modern guitar. I, I don't understand why Fender and Gibson just can't make a guitar that's as consistent and plays as well as a Paul Reed Smith. If they would just do that. And, and there's companies that are, that, do Fender better than Fender, like Sir? They do Fender uh-huh. better right. than Fender. Right. It's it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I know. And PRS does Gibson better than Gibson. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons why there was that lawsuit about the single cut. Mm-hmm. Paul Reed Smith. What was that? Twenty years ago, something That's like that. Better than the Les Paul. Uh-huh. All right. <clears throat> if so, Lily was here, she'd be she'd be rolling her eyes and reining us in. So let's get. Okay, well, here's what I'm going to say about this. Okay. One minute, one minute. So we usually talk about what we did and stuff. Right. So what, did you do anything? I saved Eric $2,000. You want to talk about your date? No. Okay. Thanks anyway. (laughs) My personal life is my personal life. Oh, just calm down. I talk about my personal life. My personal sexy life. (laughs) If you want, I'm going to be starting an OnlyFans soon. Nice. (laughs) You have beautiful feet. I'm just saying. I'm going to be selling uh, used underwear. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, not used by Lou. So you, you have to read know. the disclaimer. You'll have to smell them to figure out who. That's the game. Like, smell the underwear and see who used it. <laughs> oh, this is. Oh, no. No, I'm not going to. This is stew. This is stew. It smells like Wiener Schnitzel. Here's. So. <laughs> all right. I'm trying to not. Okay, come on. Simmer down. Lou, simmer down. Slow down. Slow down. Houdini. Simmer down. Okay. Oh, my God. Real quick, it is spooky season. Yes, it is. I, I have, uh, I don't know how I, you know, we're just going to do this. Next week, we're going to be do the album Trick or Treat by Fast Way. Uh-huh. Because it's a Halloween, with a whole Halloween, blah, 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 blah. Yes. Okay. So, I, it doesn't take my, you don't have to twist my arm to make, to get me to watch a horror movie. But when spooky season comes along, when Halloween comes along, uh, October comes along, mm-hmm, then I mm-hmm. think I, like, overindulge myself. I get, like. You know, at Christmas time when you overeat. Yes, you know, I kind of overdose on horror. It's Christmas films. all year round with me. <clears throat> so the the year the Christmas this Halloween season is off to a good start. I did see some very very good ones. Okay, I watched the 2018 Suspiria. I've heard of that. Have not seen it. I I love that movie. It's yeah. just and you, it's you better probably, on video yeah. because it's very long. Uh huh. And so you, I watched it in three sittings. Okay. I just there broke you it you up, you know, away, you know, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. you know, okay, this is a good place to stop and going to bed or whatever. <clears throat> and really enjoyed it. In the theater, it was a bit much, mm-hmm. two and a half hours, but oh on home video streaming. But I watched that and I watched some old ones too. I watched 
of course I watched The Shining again. Classic. I, I was like, I should save this for closer to Halloween. I'm like, I can't wait. No. I have to see The Shining. That's such a great movie. I also watched The Legend of Hell House, which oh. is from 1974, mm-hmm. three. Yeah. Roddy McDowell. Yes. It's based on a Richard Matheson novel, which I read before I knew there was a movie about it. I love the novel. The book, the, 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 the movie is a uh, pretty good they, they they basically cover the same story, uh-huh. but of course in the novel things are like way more intense and they're like way darker, way more violent, way, way more. Um, it's a lot more stuff internally in people's minds. Right, you right. can't really communicate that kind of stuff in a movie. In a movie, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but they caught the general gist of the story and it's pretty well executed. Especially there's something about those horror movies from the '70s, like that, The Omen, Rosemary's mm-hmm. Baby, The Exorcist. They have a kind of weird. They have a kind of like. I don't know, because they're shot on original film or something. Right. They have a kind of almost like you're watching somebody's home movies that you're not supposed to be watching or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, They're They're really creepy. I, I'm looking forward to Burnt Offerings Ooh. with um, all, all, Oliver Reed and Betty Davis and oh. and um, Karen Black. There you go. She's awesome, man. Yes. I freaking love Karen Black. Karen Black. Love me some Karen Black. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so anyway, so I've been, I've been doing a little bit of that. And... Yes. I have once again yes. a Marshall amplifier in my life. Hooray! It's been too long. It's been too long. I sold my mar- my other, my uh, the first Marshall I had. I sold that a long time ago, mm-hmm. 12, 13 years ago. It was a great amplifier. It was fucking killer. But if I I could never take it, to, I took it to one gig. I played it on one Super Monkey gig where he played yeah. outside. Okay. But if I'd have tried to bring that to a Pat and Shelley gig, I would have been fired. <laughs> it <laughs> it had two settings. Yes. Off and brain damage. Yes. <laughs> was yes. It, you know? yes. This thing is really cool. This is a D- DSL 20. It is not a... D- I always shied away from the DSL amplifier line because I thought they were like a digital, you know, modeling Oh, yeah, thing. yeah. They're not. Oh. They're not. DSL stands for dual super lead. Huh. Basically, it is a, I, from what I understand, it's like a um, JCM 2000 with an original super lead channel as well. Okay. So you can kind of get the heavier type tones and you can get the more classic type tones as well. Interesting. And I have this awesome Marshall cabinet from the like 1970 with yeah. original greenbacks in it so like that was the first thing I did I <laughs> yeah. the Marshall into the Marshall cabinet and of course I had to get out of Les Paul and of course. do the thing yes. and oh man it was it was heaven it's heaven yes. so I've been and when I did the intro at the beginning I was playing but I was playing my Telecaster um, I didn't want to use the Strat because the Strat is single coil pickups and this room is noisy and mm. you, all you hear is yeah. the whole time so we don't yeah. do that um, so that was my week um yeah, it was good. It was That's okay. Nice. And yeah. it's funny because I, I was doing something Friday night. Unfortunately, I could not come over. and But I could hear you. I live next door to Lou. I can hear you in my kitchen, which is like the farthest room from <laughs> Lou's house. And I'm just like bopping my head. I'm like, yeah, that, that, that do sound sweet. <laughs> so like, well, standing like right in front of it with your like, oh, I it's just like, it's, yeah, yeah, you your... feel it, it's amazing. It, yes. It's really, there's nothing quite like it. It's only the 20 watt. Thing, but it kicks ass. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, that was pretty much my week. My band Fallon rehearsed. We're getting really good. And I'm really excited. We, we so you guys are gelling? Yeah, gelling like a fellow. Ah, see what I did there? I saw what you did. In fact, <laughs> we need to get our. We need some sound. We need our. We need our, our yes. orchestra to come and help us out yes. here. So uh, what do we got here? We got the. How about mm. um, how about how about one? That, no, no, I'm I'm not finding no, what I want. Hold on. Where is my? We're thing? work in progress. So. Let's go ahead while I'm doing that. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> while I'm doing little, that. Little and let's talk about this because this was so crazy. Kevin and I lived through this. Yes. This was like yes. current events to us. Mm-hmm. Back in the day. So you have the era of Madonna, mm-hmm. <laughs> Duran Duran, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, Culture Club, Wham, all yes. these artists. And then all of a sudden, out of, out of nowhere, out of the blue, the, the blues comes back. The yeah. blues has a giant like, resurgence. It's crazy. And kind of led by Stevie Ray Vaughan. He was yes. the, uh, you know, the. And I, I think there was a. I think that he looked good on MTV. They mm-hmm. were able to make good mm-hmm. videos for him. I right. think. I think it was one of the things that really set him aside because how many blues artists were making. Videos for MTV, this many exactly. zero. Sero, Sero. Yeah. I don't really think there were no, any. Not at that point. A- anyone, any that had them, were like just appearances, like on Austin City Limits or right. something like that. Right. This is the first, and, and this was these were videos that were made for MTV. Mm-hmm. They weren't just like something recycled. It was actually made for MTV. Yes, that is what I think was really key, and it was completely different. It's not like anything else. This was also a time. Mr. Pittsburgh, yes, sir. when people were impressed with your playing. Exactly. They really wanted to hear yep. you jam. They really, they they were like tuned into the different members of the band. Very, mm-hmm, a lot of people mm-hmm. knew like all the members of the band. So I, I heard a, um, somebody saying one time that you know, there was a lot of people that went to see Led Zeppelin just to hear bon- John Bonham play drums. Yeah, that was because they knew the, yeah, they, they like it, the members of the band. They, they, they had they a understood. connection right, with them. Right. Exactly. So, this was still people at this time were still really into that. Every yes. every song had some kind of guitar solo, saxophone solo, mm-hmm, keyboard mm-hmm. or piano solo, right. Hammond B three yeah. solo, something like that. It was people wanted to hear that. Exactly. He was also able to take his songs and do them in a, with a kind of pop format. Like they weren't like. Thirty-minute mm-hmm. excursions into right, you know, right. like like extended solos, yeah, like and, Johnny uh, Winter and Frank Marino and uh, uh, Peter Frampton. You know, the generation before that was really all about the the jamming. Mm-hmm. Um, but the yeah, so it worked better with the 1980s sort of mentality. Reaganomics, got to be quick, fast, punchy. And boom, in, there it was. That, that's, there that's, was. That's how you had to do that's it back Texas in the 80s. Texas blues, my brother. Comes from Texas. People get interested in Texas again. Uh-huh. People are like, who's from Texas? And there was a... And coincidentally, maybe not coincidentally, another guy from Texas had a giant resurgence who had a big... But this guy was big in the 70s, too. Billy Gibbons and his band ZZ Top. Yes. ZZ Top has a giant resurgence. Mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. a, basically a blues boogie band right. from Texas. Yes, sir. So there is a resurgence uh, of interest in this stuff. And uh, Pittsburgh Kevin is going to kind of give us yeah. the background on Stevie Ray because this really... Um, 
begins with him. Right. Definitely. Ab- ab- absolutely. And it is his birthday. So that's this why is we're doing this. Homage. Yes. So, Mr. Pittsburgh, go so ahead and get us. We keep talking about Texas blues. So I'm going to give you a real quick history of Texas blues. How this led up to Stevie Ray, okay. real quick. All right, so uh, let's go all the way back to the 1890s. Blind Lemon Jefferson is born to sharecroppers by 1970. I thought you were going to say he was born to share. I'm like, wow. She, honey, she's not that old. <laughs> <laughs> she still looks fabulous. Uh, so anyway, so by 1917, uh, Blind Lemon Jefferson is playing guitar in Dallas. He's making $150 in tips a week. Think about that, 1917. Hundred fifty dollars. Well, he was making money. He was making some buku yeah, yeah, bucks, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, You go buy a house and stuff with that. Yeah, yeah so 1926, he does a recording for Paramount. It's uh, basically the first solo guitarist. He's basically the first solo uh, guitarist recording artist, okay, in the blues genre. He plays, and this is very interesting, he plays single note leads in between his singing. You know, the blues, right? Uh, he, he's, he's doing the bass lines on the guitar. This is an accepted thing now, completely yeah, standard completely in music at crazy. the time. That you would, that, you know, when you hear, this yeah. was another thing that was kind of big in the, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, where when the, during the verses, some of the musicians might play some little filler. Little, little, you don't want to do yeah, it too much. Filler. You don't want to no, overdo no, it. That no. was the thing. But, you know, you, you this, would hear some, maybe some little piano riff, or you would yeah. hear something on the guitar, especially if it was a guitar player. Right. But this guy's doing it all over the song, and, and right? He's do, and he's doing it in 19... 1917. 19, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, so now we're going to talk about uh, your friend of mine, T-Bone Walker. He was born in 1910. The mighty T-Bone. Yeah. Now he hooks up with Blind Melon in the 20s, and uh, he's basically leading them around because Blind Melon is blind, right? So, uh, <laughs> T-Bone, that's exactly what happened. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so while he's leading uh, 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 Blind uh, Lemon around, he's learning his guitar licks, blah, blah, blah. But what he does is he applies these blues techniques to an electric guitar. <gasps> oh, my God. Honky! She's not Honky here. Honky likes that. Honky, she's not here. Sorry, buddy. Honky, she's not here. Um, and, uh, you know. Uh, oh, my monkey hole, Richard. There you go. But uh, T-Bone is very charismatic. Uh, he uses that to win over his audience. Now, another fella you might have heard of. I don't know. I could be wrong here. A fellow by the name of Lightning Hopkins. <laughs> That's exactly what he sounded like. He could play so it? fast. It was just like. Exactly. So he Lightning, also. Slow it down so people can hear what you're doing. <laughs> he also hooks up with Blind Melon Jefferson. Also electrified the blues. Uh, now, Jefferson's style uh, is a little more. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Little, little more harder edge. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. I'm not as good a note taker as Lily. Uh, but it's these artists that start to really begin to mold that Texas blues sound. So uh, now, when rock and roll comes along, musicians were influenced by the style of this electri- uh, electrified blues. If you listen to a lot of the early rock and roll from the '60s and '50s, um, a lot of it is basically blues. What are you doing? I'm just adjusting. Continue. Oh my God, you, you, I'm paranoid now. Uh, matter of fact, in uh, in the 50s, one of the first Texas rock and roll bands were the Nightcaps, and there were just a bunch of white guys that were playing sped up blues tunes. Say, see, see? The white man stole the blues wave. Um, this carried on in the 16s, uh, into the 60s. Uh, you've got artists like 13th Floor Elevators, Janis Joplin. Now, although they left the Texas scene, they took that style with them. But one fella 
took up the crusade in 1968. You know what I'm going to talk about? You do. That's right, Johnny Winter. He was signed to Columbia. <laughs> he proudly pro proclaimed himself a Texas blues man. And Johnny's style really defined Texas blues. He found the branding for what people saw as Texas blues, uh, as opposed to like the Chicago blues mm. or the Mississippi blues. They, they were like, oh, that's Texas blues, right? Uh, however, well, that's a big thing in the blues, right? Chicago blues, Mississippi. Yeah, that's right. And there is a, blues, if you yeah. listen, there is a that, very yeah, distinct. To, yeah, yeah. It, it, there, there is a yes. So by the seventies, however, you know the rock and roll thing's going on. It dominates the airways. Blues would end up in the back, uh, the background of popular music, and that is until the eighties. So that's uh, that's when our boy comes along, and that's who we're going to talk about tonight. Well, Johnny Winter. Had a John. I mean, he was a stadium act, right? And he did a lot of rock. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of his like he did like he like he was known for doing some great covers. Like they have a great cover of Jumpin' Jack Flash yes. and stuff like that. That, that uh, you know you nowadays you hear like on deep cuts uh, mm -hmm. stuff like 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 that. But he was a stadium act, right? Playing He's Texas blues boogie. Well, at the time he was adding a lot of rock and. Later on, he just he said he never wasn't comfortable with that. That he just wanted to be purely, purely a blues artist. Right. So right. Um, then, you're right. And and in the shadow of that, like kind of waiting in the wings, right? Is these mm -hmm. is this next round? Exactly. And this really takes off, and it is because of because really because of MT. Do you want to go ahead with Stevie? Yeah. Right so now? we're going to start uh, talking about Stevie. So he was born 1954 in Dallas, Texas. Stevie and his older brother Jimmy. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, they actually grew up in Oak Cliff, um, Texas, after his parents moved there from Dallas. Thank you, sir. Oh, that is better. I like it when you move my mic. Um, <laughs> Oak Cliff was the uh, was the black part of town, so it was kind of like the lower, you know, um, like educational income, yeah. employments, and it did it was that right. But here's the thing about Oak Cliff. Uh, T Bone Walker, remember him? He, yeah, cut yeah. His, he, cut his, he cut his chops in Oak Cliff and was actually known as Oak Cliff T-Bone for a while. So there you go. So Stevie and Jimmy, their parents both work and uh, basically left, a, left them at home a lot with a lot of free time. They filled that free time with music. Yes. Kids, just say no to everything else and play some music. Play some music, man. Learn an instrument. Yeah, radio introduced them to the blues. Jimmy brought home all kinds of music and Stevie absorbed it all. Jimmy and Stevie joined their first band, The Pendulums. Oh, I get it, because they swing. Uh, in the late 60s, Jimmy was uh, noticed and joined a band called The Chessmen. He was a real big deal at 15 years old, that Jimmy. Uh, now, Stevie continued to be influenced by records. And in 1967, he heard a young feller's record, and it just blew him away. Young feller. A young feller. Young you know what a young feller was? <laughs> feller by the name of Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> He shattered everything. <laughs> um, Hendrox. Yeah, so what, uh, well, Jimmy, you know, if you really listen to it, Jimmy is a blues player, but he's, he adds his own, he really made blues progressive. He really moved it forward. And as the 70s moved on, bands like Cream and Led Zeppelin with their loud volume and extended guitar solos influenced Stevie. Uh, so it comes a point in Stevie's life where he's, uh, you know, just kind of checking shit out. If you don't mind me saying so and he finds uh albert king's music 
and uh, it really brings him back to the blues where he wanted to be. At age 15, Stevie would sneak out. Of, this is awesome. He would sneak out at night, sit in with bands, go home, get a few hours sleep, and then go to school. That was his life. So if you wonder why he got so good, that's why. At 16, Stevie joined Blackbird. Uh, they were influenced by the Almond Brothers Band. Um, basically, you know, they both bands were like blues jam bands, right? Stevie loved Dwayne's playing, inspired by his slide playing. Um, and the uh, Blackbird's success caused Stevie to quit high school. Well, yeah, right? That way he didn't have to worry about going to school the next day. 1971, Blackbird moved to Austin where there was more opportunity. Within weeks, Stevie and Blackbird were the top band in Austin. Stevie was more popular than his better-known big brother, Jimmy Vaughn. Uh-oh. Yeah, right? spaghetti Yes. However, inter- <laughs> However, internal differences began to tear Blackbird apart. The bass player left and rival band Cracker Jacks, which was the rhythm section for uh, Johnny Winter's band, Oh, jeez. Um, but uh, the, the rival band Cracker Jack's bass player joined. His name, Tommy Shannon. Folks, hey, now. <laughs> Will Smith? Will Smith. Get Tommy on. Shannon's name out my mouth. <laughs> but anyway, remember that name, Tommy Shannon. Uh, but even though this all this moving around in bands, Blackbird did fall apart. So there's this fella by the name of uh, Mark Benno. A relatively, you know, well-known artist. He's going to put an album together. He's looking for a blues band. So he asked Jimmy, Jimmy Vaughn, the older brother, he said, hey, would you come play my album? Jimmy's like, no, man, you're too rock and roll for me. He goes, what are you talking about? Jimmy's like, I am strictly blues. He goes, you might want to check out my brother, though. Ah, so uh, he went, hired Stevie. The studio's musicians, for after this record was done, the, the musicians who were in the studio formed a band called Nightcrawlers and went back to Austin. They were in L.A., of course, recording. Oh, they ran just That's like that. That's them going down. That is them. <laughs> Once there. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, they play there as the Nightcrawlers and stuff. But then uh, Stevie notices his other band, uh, Paul Ray and the Cobras. And, um, oh, that's not a Cobra. Do you have a thing that goes... Little licky, little, little snaky lick, little snaky lick, little snaky. <laughs> hey man, I'm a lot of snaky lick. Come on, mom, come on, give me a snaky lick. Come on now, come on. Going off the rails now, but anyway, <laughs> so <up>, uh, <laughs> so Stevie ends up joining this band, Paul Ray and the Cobras, um, and by 1975, blues is off the radio. That's what you were hearing. And the, on the radio, that was terrible. It was we're like, where's the blues? And all we heard was that. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. That's right. So uh, in Austin, in 1975, in Austin, a club opened called Anton's uh, Nightclub. Antones. Antones? Not Antons. Antones. Antons? Aquel? Aquafoli? Antones. Antones. That's, that's very, why you're here. Thank there's you. All, there's all kind of albums. I wanted to talk. This is in my notes too. But I wanted to. Antones is like. There's like the a lot of bands that like record, like have albums out live at Antones. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of. It's kind of Austin's version of the Fillmore, maybe. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. 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 Very big. Um. So the thing about this Antones uh, club is nightclub. 
is that it gave local and national blues bands a place to play. And it was a hit. Big names would play there and let the local musicians play along with them. So, um, at one point, Albert King, Stevie, he did not play that, Bones. Um, Albert King, who is a huge hero of Stevie, let Stevie get up and play with them at Antone's, right? Albert loved them, and they soon became friends. Uh, but up, up, up. So the thing about the Cobras here is Stevie is um, learning to be a front man more than just a bet. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? So he's getting up. He's singing some shit. He's engaging with the audience. So he's beginning to learn that front man thing. So it gets to the point where, you know, Stevie's like, this is good, but I want to do my own thing. So in 1977, he decided to form his own band. His first band was Triple Threat Review. Um. Hmm. Yes, yes, we're getting closer hmm. to something else. What? What's wrong? Hmm. I'm just going to Oh, I thought you I'm just thinking about thought, this triple thought, threat threat I review. I thought you knew something I did not. Now, here's the thing. In town, if they were to go up against the Fabulous Thunderbirds, Jimmy's band, and the Cobras, his old band, they would always they always, they always struggled. Like they'd play like the other bands are playing to like a couple hundred people. They were lucky if they could get 50. Okay? So, uh, so of of course they start splitting up. Come on, I'm not Lily. Hey, look at my bosoms. This is funny. Just like that. <clears throat> I'm just look. I'm learning to be a front man, just like Stevie. Well, anyway, the band the band splits up. So Stevie forms another van, uh, another band, kind of taking bits and pieces from his old band, and he names that one Double Trouble. Uh, they've got like a female vocalist. They've got keyboards and stuff like that. Um, but over time, you know, again, you know, people decide they don't want to be in it anymore. They leave. So uh, the female lead singer quits. But they had bands pl- or, or uh, gigs planned, right? So Stevie stepped up and took over the singing. Uh, now again, you know, ba- band members come and go, and their bass player decides he's going to leave. So. This fella shows up. He's going to play bass for him. Guess what his name was? Tommy Shannon. I told you to remember that name, and you did. I, God damn it. For me. I, get this, I get the gold God star. damn it, Gump. You're a genius. <laughs> so at this point, it's now a power trio in double trouble. As we know it, was solidified. <laughs> what the hell was that? What the hell was that? So 1982, right? They're getting some notoriety. 1982, they were booked at a blues festival in Montrose, Switzerland. Uh, yes, this this video of this. This is gonna, and this I is very pivotal. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. This is interesting. Very interesting. Very pivotal. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> they were booked on an acoustic night. <laughs> uh, after their set, they were both cheered. And booed. No, they you, were booed. They, 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 they were there booed. is there is there's, some there's, there's some cheering. Very but it's very 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 little. Booed, very, very right? mostly booed. Yeah, it was the it was they people they just hated it. That was terrible. Yeah, because they were there to hear the acoustic. Exactly. Electric. You know, Exa- exactly. And, yeah. Exactly. But some stuff happens. Yes. And then when he returns, there's a little bit. Of, but there's a video. Uh, yeah, definitely. A, a, there is a video DVD out there or something. Yeah. Where they come, they sh- you see both. Right. Show you both the first one and the second one. When he, comes, when he comes back the second time, he's a he's a rock star. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, a couple of people were there at that festival. You know who? Little fella. Little fella. Little fella. <laughs> Little fella by the name of David Bowie was there. Another uh, another fella. May have heard of him. Jackson Brown was there. 
right? So they happen to catch Stevie uh, and really like what they uh, they see. Jackson is so impressed with them that he offers them studio time. So this is where they're going to do their first album as double as Stevie Ray and Double Trouble. So 1983 was a really good year. Um, Stevie. Uh, actually recorded with David Bowie. Remember that? Let's. He's on. He's mm-hmm. the. He's on all the guitar in the album. Let's dance. Exactly. And right? has those like he has. He doesn't do like a lot of salts like flashy stuff. No. But the stuff he does is really good. It's like at the end of that was stuff at the end of China Girl. Yes. That's really yeah, nice. Yeah, and you man. can once you know who it is, you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, they end up opening uh, for a couple of shows for Dwayne Allman. All right. They get signed. Noise, you know. Uh, so now Stevie is gearing up to go on tour with Bowie. You know he's gonna help. Uh, oh, and uh, <laughs> your sound effects crack me up. Um, so he's getting ready to go on tour with Bowie. All right. Now here's the problem: the tour with Bowie is gonna coincide. Oh, by the way, Double Trouble is gonna open up for Bowie on a couple shows, so they're gonna get some national exposure. Okay, okay that's cool. That's cool. That's good. Um, but it's gonna. This tour is gonna coincide with their debut album coming out, and the powers that be are like, mm, th- this might actually hurt Stevie's career because people are gonna see him playing with Bowie, but then they're gonna. Well, he's a blues artist, blah blah blah. So there's a lot of discussions made, and Stevie Ray dropped out of the tour. I'm sure you remember that happening. Yes. Um, but with all this happening, he gets some notoriety. Hey, this is the guy that turned down Bowie. Okay. So he drops out of the tour. Uh, this is when things like that mattered. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, like, whoa, whoa, you're not going to. David Bowie was a freaking icon at this point. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, you know, it was like Jai fucking Normus. Um, we're going to do a podcast on, uh, artists whose careers spanned two or more decades. I mean, like, really spanned the decades, mm-hmm. like, really. And David Bowie is on that list oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Sure, yeah. But good. Anyway, uh, so it turns out Texas Flood is released. Fucking hit. It's not just a hit. It's a fucking hit. And like we were talking about earlier, there's nothing else like it on the radio. You've got Culture Club. You know, you have all these other ba- And then all of a sudden, boom, there's Stevie, right? Um, so anyway, things are going really good. However, touring can take its toll on you, Lou. And uh, Stevie started using some substances. Uh, and Ibuprofen. Ibuprofen, Tylenol, Midol. X-Lax. X-Lax. X-Lax, extra strength. It was terrible. Um, and it starts affecting his, just himself, his health, um, his, his performances and everything like that. Stevie is at least smart enough to go, I need help. So he does go to rehab. Well, doesn't he fall off the stage at one point? Or yeah, something? yeah. There's some, yeah, it's some, some shameful. Yeah, it's shameful. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, but he, he at least, uh, you know, he at least gets himself cleaned there was, up. There was, a, I, um, the, what, I was Lava Lounge? Can't remember. But I was in there and, um, Sit talking with like the manager, or the owner, or something one time, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, he says, he says, I was in. He <laughs> no. says when Stevie played Pittsburgh, like way back in the day, like right. in the very beginning. He says he came in here, was drinking, and he was drinking um, wh- whiskey with cocaine in it. Well, right. <laughs> it adds that little extra punch of flavor, doesn't it? Wow. 
Yeah, he was just right there at the bar. He was, he was wow. just whipping out the coke and wow. you know, it was whiskey and cocaine, man. Yeah. Well, thankfully he did get himself help and it stuck. Like, you know, a lot of a lot of artists will go rehab and they fall off again. Um so uh his album In Step, which is actually uh kind of a nod to the the twelve step program and all that stuff. Uh, it's released, uh, I believe, in 86. Was it 86, 87? Something like that. Uh, and then, uh, uh, yeah, things are going good. Unfortunately, this is this really sucks. Uh, so, August 27th, 1990. Uh, he is opening for Eric Clapton. Two shows. After the second show, they're all going to fly to Chicago. Right? Sweet home! Yes. And so, Eric has four helicopters in the parking lot waiting for him. They're going to fly out to Chicago, you know. Um, unfortunately, the helicopter pilot that flew Stevie, the, the, uh, the, the helicopter Stevie was not trained in radar flight and it was very foggy that night. So the other three were, they took off no problem. This guy took off, was blinded by the parking lot lights in the fog and the crashed the, crashed the helicopter. So unfortunately... Stevie passed away August 27th. Look, man, if you're a big rock star, don't get on a fucking airplane or a fucking helicopter. No, 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 sir, no. Fucking stupid. At least no, check. Um, yeah. It was, a, it was a terrible tragedy. Yeah, I remember it. Was a, it was a terrible. Like, I remember Whoa. when that happened. Like, they announced it. I mean, like, I woke up in the morning and DVE announced that, that he had been killed. It was just fucking, like, mm-hmm. surreal. You're like, what? This guy just gets his life together. Right? You know? And uh, it's like, you know, nope, you're done. That's it. Could you imagine, like, with the last thought that went through his head, like, after he got on that helicopter, he was probably like, fuck. It's just all sort of going good, and I'm going to fucking die. Uh-huh. That's great. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, my gosh. So that's, that's my little report on Stevie. That was um, very good, Mr. Pittsburgh. Thank I um, you. That's for Lily. I will give you the I will give you the gold oh, star oh. on your forehead. Ready? Okay. <laughs> Tickles. <laughs> so But in a good way. Yeah, he has this giant thing. Excuse me? He has this giant thing. Okay. That happens to him and all these other people uh-huh. get sucked in. Yes. They get they're the coattail riders, I call them. Mm-hmm. And this is the Bonnie Rates. Yes, sir. The Johnny Langs. Sure. The Kenny Wayne Shepherds. Uh-huh. The Robert Craze. Yes. Ian Moore. Yes. People like that. Uh, Colin James. You got... Uh, uh, you guys ever remember a guy named Eric Johnson? I've heard of him. You know, people yeah. were all of a sudden interested in, like, anybody who's from Texas. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a musician from Texas, people Ooh, were like... I want to oh, hear you. I want to hear you. You know, yeah. they must be good. Exactly. And so there was a whole, like, thing with that. People like Lou Ann Barton... People like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't have had Doyle Brammel and mm-hmm. Charlie Sexton. Yes, Charlie Sexton is a lot like Stevie Ray Vaughan in the sense that he was on stage like as a like a little like thirteen, fourteen year old kid mm-hmm. playing with BB King yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, and and you know, I said I think I said Ian Moore, Colin James, um, and. Something also really interesting happened, and I think that, like, I think what happened was when everybody saw that the blues was like 
gonna be okay. Like you can mm-hmm. go play you can blues, play it and, and yeah. people will people will dig it. Um, this turned Eric Clapton back around to, to being more uh-huh. blues. Yeah, uh, you know, getting back into that yep. that that type of thing, and um, as well as you know, converting. Gary Moore out of his sort of like 80s hard rock sound mm-hmm. into more of a blues sound. Exactly. So all of that, we you know, he like kind of shaped all of, so he's like really influential. And I think that if you follow the lineage, right, like I said, Johnny Johnny Lang, mm-hmm. um, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, Joe Bonamassa. Exactly. He's he's now in with this. Um there's this whole slew of guys that just kind of keep coming out of the woodwork. You've got uh, Josh Smith right now as well. Marcus King, mm-hmm. people like that, that are kind of carrying um, the, the Allman brother uh, trucks. Derek, Derek, oh, Derek trucks. Derek, yeah. Derek yeah. trucks. Uh, uh, um, Susan. Susan Tedeschi. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking of um, the government mule guy, Warren Haynes. Warren. Okay. Warren Haynes. All of this, even like, Bands that were, you know, speaking of Warren Haynes and all that, the Allman Brothers release a record like in about like 1990 mm-hmm. that gets all over the radio and they have a big tour and they had like a big rest, seven oh, yeah. turns. They had, okay, two, they had yeah. two singles on it that were like, that were became like rock staples of that, of that era. So, and this is really because of what Stevie was was able oh, to yeah. do. Getting on MTV, the 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 first time I heard Stevie Ray Vaughan was I saw the video to Cold Shot, and it's a good video. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's it's like you know it's kind of it, it's good. It's really it, it's fun. It's very cool. You should check it out. So it also kind of the blues and rock at this point start to merge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. There's really like. I was uh, uh, a few years ago was writing reviews for a and doing interviews for a website called Blues Rock Review, and really, these people are a lot of stuff that blues artists that come out today. Pop records. I'm like, if that would have came out in like 1979, it'd been considered a rock album. Yeah, would have been rock. Yeah, like right, um, Tyler Bryant. Oh yeah, Tyler. Tyler Bryant is mm-hmm. a, is another one. He's a current guy who's kind of in, kind of in that yep. thing as well. So, yeah, but yeah, is, it's, I mean, so it was a, it was, so it was kind of a very odd thing. But I, again, I really kind of contribute. I tr- uh, attribute it to um, a lot of it to MTV, being, yeah. them being able to put blues on MTV. Exactly. I mean, even the fabulous, fabulous Thunderbirds, that, who were not sexy guys at all, Mm-mm. had videos <laughs> right? on MTV that yeah. they were in rotation. Not just like they played once; like it was in yeah, rotation. it was in rotation. Yeah, and and they had hits on the radio. Exactly. Yeah, it's just I remember you know as I was doing my research and thinking about when uh, Texas Flood came out and how somebody said there was nothing else like it on the radio. Yeah, that is absolutely true. It was like almost like a breath of fresh air because everything was so back in '82. Everything was so poppy. I mean, you had your rock, you had your rock and everything, but wow, all of a sudden to have this thing just like come out of the speakers at you, you're like, whoa, whoa, what's what's this? It was really yeah, it really stood out. It was really different. Yeah, because it wasn't rock. It was obviously wasn't pop, but it wasn't rock. There was something. But it was rock too. But like it was the way Stevie the way played. He, played it, yeah. he brought like a kind of modern edge to it as well. Mm-hmm. It was like it was just enough. It wasn't like he crossed the line over into being. Uh, this is, this is what happened with Charlie Saxton. 
everybody was like, oh, he's good. Like, he was poised to be the next Stevie Ray Vaughan. Well, he puts out his record, and it's like a synth pop album. Mm-hmm. He, like, you know, so people were like, uh, they were kind of like, eh, on it. But Stevie was able to kind of walk that line between the two things really, really well. He just had the right, he had the right touch. Mm-hmm. He had the velvet touch. Oh, do we have any comments you want to say anything about? Yeah, Lou talks too much. Kevin is fantastic. No. No, it's just people saying hello that they're watching. We've who's got, saying uh, hello? Who's, who's we've on? We've got, uh, let me tell you. It's uh, shout outs. Here's our shout outs for the evening. Chris Thunderwolf is here. Yeah! Billy T, Billy Thomas, yes, all Billy the T. way from South Carolina. Yeah, I've been in the yes. tonight. Our good friend Jody is here. Ah, Jody. Yeah. The doctor is in the house. Hey, now. Wow. That was good. We love all y'all. All y'all. All y'all. All y'all. I love all y'all. We love all y'all. Some in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> then that's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, there's different kinds of love, mm-hmm. Mr. Pittsburgh. There is. There's the love that a father has for his children. Sure. There's the love oh that a go. son might have for his mother. Sure. Uh, you know. Yes. There's the love between a man and a woman in a romantic way. Sure. There's the love between two women. That's my favorite. Is that your favorite? That's my favorite. Don't That's forget your favorite. that. You like that I don't one. want to leave that out. No, no. There's the love between a man, a woman, in a midget, and a clown outfit. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember... <laughs> What? When did you decide? So when did you decide to become a midget? Oh no! Wait, I had a good comeback for that. I can't remember. Oh, it was when I was little. <laughs> when I was little. Oh man! Uh, my apologies to any little people that are listening. We had. Um, I sometimes. I don't do this anymore, you know. But there was a time when I would drink. What? And, you know, maybe get a little bit of marijuana. I don't do it anymore. I'm like oh, straight now. Good. Thank you know, God. You know. I'll drink to that. So. <laughs> and I was the first. This was the first person of that. What? I don't Persuasion? want to say the wrong nomenclature and, uh, and offend anybody. Persuasion. I don't think it's persuasion. You know, so let, let's put it this way. Let's put yes. it this way. A person like Kenny Baker. Sure. Okay, we'll just put it that way. A Kenny okay. Baker type. A Kenny Baker. And I was shit faced. Oh Lord. <laughs> and, oh, you, no. know, you know, like the filter came right off. Yeah. But Mr. Pittsburgh yeah. kept me from getting we, my ass kicked yeah. by Kenny Baker. <laughs> yeah, that was I'm like no. <laughs> was like no. Like, no. No. Yeah. This guy walks in. Mr. Pittsburgh just looks don't at me and says, anything. Don't, don't, don't. don't He's like shaking. No, no. No. You're like, don't no. Don't go there. Don't. Just don't. don't just go don't. there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So praise the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. We do appreciate it. Yeah. Wolf's Customs. Check them out for some custom artwork done on your musical instrument. Mm-hmm. RockRageRadio.com. Download the free app. Don't forget to listen to Hot Licks with Lily Six on Thursdays at six. I always have to do. And that. Ludini Rock and Roll mm-hmm. Go there to uh, check out all our back podcasts as well as keep up what we have do going on and get to become part of our inner circle. So right, that is all that stuff. Kind of midway through here. There you go. So get that out of there's the way. some. Oh man, yeah. I discovered. Yes. The, I don't. Let's do the new. Do you have a new and notable or not? Uh, yeah, I kind of do. Let's let's do that first. Okay. We'll do we'll do that first, and then I want to. Um, oh, here's my notes. Oh, 
So what do you got, Mr. Pittsburgh? So uh, I, I, I I see a lot of new stuff on the uh, on the TikTok, because you know, I'm old. I call it the TikTok. Uh, there's, a, there's a fella, Valley Duncan Music. V-A-L-L-I-E Duncan Music. And he's he's on there all the time. He does a lot of live streams where he's just playing his guitar with backing tracks, and it's really cool. So if you get it, if you're on if you're on the TikTok, uh, look up Valley V A L L I E Duncan Music. Give him a view. He's very, very. It's not like heavy metal shredding. It's very melodic, but it's kind of rocky. You know, a little bluesy too. But uh, yeah, that, that's all, it's town. always fun when he comes up on my for you page. I um, have uh, a lot of guitar videos on, and they're growing mm-hmm. on TikTok as well. So follow me on TikTok for that stuff. Just have, I've been having, just kind of started out doing it for fun and finding out that people respond to. We also have on TikTok, um, what do we call audiograms? And there's like a snippets of, you know, for like about a minute of, of the podcast with uh-huh. some stupid thing I'm saying or mispronouncing or whatever, and we all have a good laugh at. So those are on there as well. So follow us on TikTok. Um, so I've discovered, well, I'll tell you what. Yes. We'll do it when we get to this day in, in what the Beatles did. Uh-huh. We will, we will, we will get into that. Okay. Real quick. A couple of, um, let's see, where are we on time? We're in one hour. Yeah. Oh, we got a lot of time. Oh yeah. So who, do you guys think now I wish Lily was here. Yes. This would be a perfect question for Lily. Uh huh. But you know, there's this thing about Ying Ying. Yingwei, but Yingwei and his like so-called arrogant attitude. Uh huh. <coughs> yes. I saw an. Um, there's a web. Uh, there's a YouTube page that I follow. It's called. It's called how. It's called how to practice guitar. I believe that's what it's called. Okay. Mike Filipov is his name. Alrighty. And he does a lot, mostly like guitar lessons. He gives you like a seven, eight minute guitar lesson. Okay. But sometimes he'll do a kind more a kind of like, uh, kind of come out and like dis- dispel a myth or something like that, you know? Yeah. So he was talking, Ingve is obviously one of his heroes. It's okay. not, uh-huh. you know, can, when you listen to Mike play, he, you can hear, hear there's Ingve is all over it. Mm-hmm. But... Yngwie used to, you know, he gets all this shit about being arrogant and full of himself and blah, 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 and all that. But, you know, he played a small bit of an interview with him today. And Yngwie was basically saying that, like, where he grew up, he said not only was it physically dark a lot of times, people were, like, kind of depressed and to themselves. And if you ever said you wanted to do anything or be anything, people were like, no, you're just just like everybody else. You can't do anything. So he says you really had to, he says, for me to, like, bust out and be able to become what I wanted in my life was I could, I had to leave that attitude behind. Okay. And he says you have to have some kind of, believe kind of in yourself and have some kind of confidence in yourself you have to kind of put it out there a bit mm-hmm. um, and I uh, many years ago I had a uh, I was working with a uh, um, a, a coaching 
a music coaching group for musicians and the leader of our group was a guy who had toured with big bands and stuff like that and he told us that actually this humility that a lot of artists have like in interviews is total bs yeah you know this is what the record label wants them to portray Uh and stuff like that so that you know so you know it's it's a the most of them that they make it have to have a kind of a rock star attitude Right, you kind of have right. to. That's why, and that's why we love these people too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you know, you know, would you want the reason we love David Lee Roth is because he's fucking David, this is David Lee Roth. Lee Roth. He's right. not Joe Schmo, right? You know, lives down there on Pike Street. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, uh, slinging hot wings at big fellas. Uh huh. No, he's he's David fucking he's David Lee, Roth. Lee Roth. You want to know that? You want him to be a, a little bit of an asshole? Right. You're yeah. It's your hero. He's your hero. He's, I mean, he's, he's everything large. you can't be exactly. in real he life. He can say and do all the things you yeah. can't say and do. You tell him, Dave. Yeah, right. So I, I, I think that Ingve gets a little bit. I think he's an amazing guitar, but he's one of my favorite guitar players. Absolutely. That uh, it's because I'm a guitar like nerd. Yes. I like some. I like there are guitar players that I like for really bizarre reasons. Like there's guitar players that I I, I I have albums that I bought just because I love the guitar sound on it. Okay. And I wasn't even all that nuts about the music right. per se. But that tone. But that tone was so yeah. good that it just sold me. Uh, yeah. And with Ingve, what it is, it's his pick attack. Every note that he plays is like definite. This is the note that I meant to play. I do not play any <laughs> notes that I do not mean to play. There's nothing like Whooshy about it, or or anything. Uh-huh. It is like it's almost very precise. It's almost like listening to a pianist. Okay, it's just he just boom, boom, boom. There's no, it's it's flawless the way he attacks. It's the pick of the and the fact is he just really has. It's just super definite. Everything is the 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 synchronization between the two hands. Everything is absolutely like exactly how it should be. Right. And I, it just when I just hear that sound, it just and he's got that awesome tone. He plays a freaking Stratocaster, mm-hmm. and it's a regular Strat. I mean, the pickups are hotter and stuff, but it doesn't have humbuckers or anything. In it. No, it's yeah, just regular yeah, single yeah. core. Yeah. And it has a lot to do with his with his sound as well. Um, have you ever played a scallop neck? Once, yeah. once or twice. So yeah. that gives you a little more respect for him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, <laughs> the scallop neck wow. does allow you to have the strings closer. So you can play. That's you can make, make make it easy. That's why they scallop yeah. the neck. But you do have to watch not to press. How much too. pressure? Yeah, you put. yeah. Exactly. You have to play. Yeah. If, but that's how you should play. Right. There's a kind of misconception yes. with the guitar that I had for many many years was that I really had to press those strings down. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. I'm. I, I, somebody challenged me on that a while back, and I was like, "Huh? What are you talking about, Willis?" And then I started <laughs> doing it. Like, how? What's the lightest I can? Press uh-huh. down and still make the notes come out, and it's like pretty fucking light. Yeah, it's it's not nearly. Yeah. I'm just a fraction of the energy I was using. Just goes to show you could teach an old dog new tricks. Um, also on YouTube this week, Ludini's great moments on YouTube. Michael Nolan put out a couple of videos back to back. There are um, uh, I don't want to get too deep in this, but there are some cool like music um, concert package. DVD, CD kind mm-hmm, of things mm-hmm. that are happening right now. We talked about the remixing of the of the Beatles, things like that. 
Well, CCR, Creedence Clearwater Revival, and Led Zeppelin have just just putting out um, live concert things. There, the, the CCR one is a tie-in with a concert that's actually available on Netflix right now. Oh wow! So oh, I, that's definitely right. want yeah, to, yeah. I definitely, I definitely want to want to check that out. But check out Mike's video because he gives you a lot of awesome background about CCR and and that sort of thing. And then Led Zeppelin Celebration Day, which is really interesting because this was a band that said they you know they would like they did everything to not reunite. They just were not going <laughs> to reunite because right? that was they were like we did that. And yeah. quite frankly, they were so close that they just couldn't do it without. Bonham, like they mm-hmm. just could, they it was, mm-hmm. you know, I've had some people. Say, I don't know why they just didn't go get a drummer and just do it. Come on, there's millions of drummers out there. Anybody could come and blah, blah, blah. yeah. Not there was there's only one John fucking Bonham. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was it. It was just him, and there was that was that's what a band is. It's everybody is in their on their spot right doing their thing exactly the way they do it and the four of them all work together Mm -hmm. to create this amazing sound that was the magic of led zeppelin that was the magic of the who that the 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 original who that was the magic of the beatles that was Mm -hmm. that was that's what a band is supposed to be not anyways so they but so they would they would never reunite or anything, but they did do this concert concert for Ar- Armin Artigan, who did all. This guy was very beloved um, figure in the in the music industry. He was the kind of guy like he was one of the because he he worked for Atlantic and every and Led Zeppelin would always say if that is the best record label you could ever be on because they're really for artists and he and Armand Argan mm-hmm. was really for artists. He's depicted in the movie Ray, and in that movie he's the guy who's like encouraging Ray to kind of like do it his own way. This is what they want. Do we? They want the bands to be themselves. Right. So um, they did this concert for Armand Artigan and they reunited John Paul, jo- or, hmm. uh, excuse me, John Paul Jones, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page mm-hmm. with Jason Bonham on, on drums. drums. Yeah. And it's very good. The, the stuff that I've heard, the bits and pieces I've heard from it is, is really good. Robert Plant, of course, sings different now. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's just what he does. He doesn't, he just makes the best use of his voice. He doesn't try to like Strain do stuff he can't outs, do. Yeah, he, he he sticks with what he sounds good at doing, and that's so. So anyway, so check out Michael Nolan's videos on it for for more information. These are really cool um, packages, and I was actually looking at them on Amazon. Um, they're kind of expensive. I imagine yeah, they kind of. I imagine it would be. Yeah. They're kind of expensive. Yeah. But it's on the list. So if somebody wants to buy me a nice Christmas present, mm. the CCR in the Led Zeppelin, those would be awesome Christmas yeah, presents. Yeah. So um, we're wrapping up. We're getting. We're cl- coming on the end here. We're going to do this day in music, but or this day what the Beatles did. But there is exactly. something that you. There's a website I discovered. Oh. Do no, Mister Pittsburgh. No, it's oh. not that kind of website. No. No. There's I, no little people in. No. Let me see if I can find it. Lou, uh, top Lou, forty weekly. Lou, while while you're doing that, I have a question for you. We we, we all know the, the the correct politically correct nomenclature is little person, which makes oh, me wonder. It? Well, that's what I I've been. What it is. That's what I've been told, mm-hmm. and, and which makes me wonder if the MG Motor Company now has to change the name of their car from midget to little person. 
What do you think? Is that really what it's called, a midget? Yeah, there's the MG midget. I didn't. What do you think? I don't think that. What that, do you think? No. Hmm. I think no. Nay, nay, I say. Nay, nay, you say? So I discovered this, right, so what's this? website called top40weekly.com. Oh. Going back to the 1950s. Okay. You can look at the top 40 from mm-hmm. any week. Interesting. Okay, so I'm not going to go back any further than the 70s. Okay. So, we're, And we're going to go back to even numbers. So we're going to go back to 1972. All this right. is 2022. Okay. Okay. So, we're going to go to, so today is October 3rd. Right. So, we, which one do we want? We want the week ending in October yeah, 7th. There you go, perfect. Can, okay. Let's so, here we are. So, okay. this is fun. Oh. This is really fun. 1972, I think we're going to make this a regular feature. So, in 1972, the, the top 10, we're not going to do all, we're going to tell top 40. No. Nobody, no. Ain't top nobody 10. got time for that. Yeah. Wow. So, the number 10 was Popcorn by Hot Butter. Yeah. See, everybody talks about today's music <laughs> uh-huh. being like shitty. There was a plenty, there plenty, was of, shitty plenty music, of shitty music like in every day. decade, okay? Yeah. Now, um, the next song is probably not far off from Popcorn. Right? My Tingling by Chuck, Chuck Berry. Berry. <laughs> wow. Released on the Chess label. Number, it was number nine this week. Black and White by Three Dog Night. Night. That's okay. A, that's a good All jam. Right, I like then. that. Hunk of Burning Love by Elvis Presley. Thank you very much. It was number uh, yeah. seven. Use Me by Bill Weathers. That's a good wow, jam. there you go. Go All the Way by the Raspberries. That's a great fucking wow. song. Good, 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 good. Everybody Plays oh, my, my Main God. Ingredient. It was number four. Stop. Number three, Backstabbers by the OJs. Mm. That was a good, like, Philadelphia soul yeah, you know, kind of thing. Uh, ben by Michael Jackson was at number two. And number one was Baby Don't Get Hooked on Me by Mac, Mac Davis. Davis. Holy cow. Yeah, crazy, huh? So that was 1972. Let's go to 1982. All right, why not? All right, where's our <clears> week <throat> here? And, uh, October 7th? It's going to be well, uh, October 2nd. No, 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 it's a week ending, so we want the ninth. ninth. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> oh, so, all right. <clears throat> And there were some other ones on that one from the 70s, like farther down. Yeah, that I recognize. Donnie Osmond, uh, uh, Rod Stewart. You know, it was was neat. It's really neat. These are really fun to go back and look at them. We have to check this out. So this is uh, the top 10 for uh, this week in 1982. Okay. I Ran by Flock of Seagulls. There you go. Flock of Seagulls. Yes. You Can Do Magic by America. I always thought that was a 70s song, but that is an 80s song. Wow. Somebody's oh. Baby by Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown. I loved um, this record he did called Lawyers in Love. Uh-huh. It's so good. It's 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 like some of his most lighthearted stuff. Yep. It's just tender as the night. It's a fucking great oh, song. Somebody's yes, Baby. Yes. Great fucking song. There's some great songs there. But Somebody's Baby was uh, number eight uh, for the second week. Um, I keep forgetting every time you, you're near. Michael McDonald. Yeah. Number seven. Right. Eye of the Tiger was number wow. six. Who Can It Be Now by Men oh, at Work. So yes. those guys had broke at this point. Yes. Eye in the Sky by the Alan Parsons Project. Right. Abracadabra. Oh. No, you missed one. You missed number Steve, three. Steve, oops, I missed Hard to Say I'm Sorry by Chicago. Sorry, Chicago. Uh, Abracadabra <laughs> by Steve go. Miller. Yes. Steve was Miller. was number two. And Jack and Diane. Little Diddy. Little Diddy. Just little a little Diddy. Little Diddy, everybody. 
So that was, we'll just do the 90s we'll do real quick. See if I know any of these. So some of these I don't know. Yeah. What's going on? Hold here? on, there I'm going to. Uh, just real quick, we're not going to do the 90s. Okay. I'm just not right, going to do it. But, but these are just some funny ones. There's some cool ones like number 17, Up Where We Belong from an Officer and a Gentleman, uh-huh, with uh-huh. Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker. I discovered this is a song Hold On by Santana. This oh. is like one of those, like, t- I thought I had dreamed this song. Yes. Like, you it was, told me I about that. We listened to it. And then right? I, I went on a Santana um, kick uh, a couple of weeks ago and I found it. It's called Hold On. Wow. And it was from, the, you know, this uh, or in 1982. But, um, wow. Oh, Hurts So Good by mm-hmm. Joe. So by he's John. got two songs in the top 40 that week. There you week. go. You know, you see Juice Newton, Melissa Manchester, Eddie Money. It's like, wow, whatever. Where are these people? Oh, look at number 33. Oh, yeah, there it is. Number three, New World Man, not Analog Man. New World Man by Rush. This was that we're going to do a. Now that one I know. We're going to do a podcast on bands that never had, that are big bands, never had a top. Never had a top. We're going to talk about Rush because you would think that like Tom Sawyer had to be like at least in the top 10. No, it's not like their Their only charting song was New World Man. Wow. That's crazy talk. So. Mickey by Tony Basil was number 39. So, yeah. So, this is a fun website, uh, top40weekly.com. Go check it out. Check I think you guys, out. you can have fun. You like out. look at the week of your birthday yeah. and you know, the, when you gra- the year you graduate high school yeah. and stuff like that. <clears throat> okay, right. so we here are we heading go. into um, the final stretch here. It's the final stretch now. The final stretch down. <laughs> stretch down. Wow. Okay, so let's go back. So this day in music. Elvis Presley, this day mm-hmm. in 1945, made his first ever public appearance in a talent contest Ooh. at the Mississippi-Alabama Dairy Show singing Old Ship. Old Ship. Elvis was 10 years old at oh, the time. A little whippersnapper. He came in second. As if only they knew. Wow. It's funny, you know, like you would, you, you could have Elvis at your talent right, show and not right. even know. Not even know. Not so, even know. on this day, 1958, the biggest show of stars, 1958, tour kicked off at War- Worcester. <laughs> you know why? Because I was thinking Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce. sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Worcester Auditorium in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester. Worcester. This autumn edition featured Buddy Holly, Frankie Avalon, Bobby Darren, The Olympics, Dion and the Belmonts, Bobby Freeman, The Elegance, John- Jimmy, Jimmy Clanton, thank you, uh, The Dan Lears, Dwayne Eddy, Clyde McFarland, Patter and the Coasters. I know some of them, but I don't know. Woody Guthrie, American singer, songwriter of the state in 67, died. Major influence on Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, and many, 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 many others. Here we go. Our first uh, offering of the evening, this day, 1968, working at Trident Studios in London, the Beatles recorded the new George Harrison song, 
Savoy truffle? Savoy truffle, yes. Oh, interesting. It's delicious. George, Paul, and Ringo recorded just one take of their basic track, the drums, bass, and lead guitar. The song was inspired by Eric Clapton's love of chocolates. There you go. Particularly Macintosh's good news. Must have been like right. some specialty candy. Right. I really like candy things. shop. Saying, oh, too bad Lily's not oh, here. 78, Lily. the members of Aerosmith bailed 30 fans out of jail after they were arrested for smoking pot during an Aerosmith concert. <laughs> that was bloody Coliseum. nice of them. Oh, okay. This day, 1987. Now, is it pronounced Mars or just M-A-R-S? Just say Mars. Mars was at number one on the UK singles chart with Pump Up the Volume. Suck the, off. Okay. The first British-made house hit heavily sampled over recordings, which resulted in litigation. Oh, my. This day, 1991, MC Hammer, remember him? Yes. Offered a $50,000 reward for the return of Michael Jackson's white glove, which had been stolen <laughs> from the Motown Museum. This part of an ongoing battle between Hammer and Michael Jackson. Oh, my gosh. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This day, 1991, Texas Governor Ann Richards proclaimed October 3rd, Stevie Ray Vaughan Day, um, an annual motorcycle ride and concert in Central Texas benefits the Stevie Ray Vaughan Memorial Scholarship Fund. There you go. Shinehead O'Connor ripped up a picture of... uh, the Pope on Saturday Night Live she's on this day in 1992. It must have been a Saturday in 1992. Um, apparently, yes. Ah, this day, 1999, Tom Jones went to number one on the UK album chart with Reload, making the singer the oldest artist to score a UK number one album with new material. The album featured the collaboration of, how do you say that? Moosty? Moosty? Oh. I like Moisty. Moosty's <laughs> uh, Sex Bomb. Oh, remember that? Yeah. Which reached number three on the UK singles chart and was later used on an episode of The Simpsons. Of course it was. Oh. Uh, oh Akito Morita, founder of Sony Electronics, died at the age of 78 this day oh. in uh, 1999. Wow. Sony Walkman transformed both Sony and, and consumers across the world. Yes. On this day, sad day, 2000, the car singer and bass player Benjamin Orr died of cancer at home in Atlanta at the age of 53. That's young. Uh, sang lead vocals on the band's hits, Just What I Needed, Let's Go, and Drive. John Lennon's assassin, Mar- assassin Mark David Chapman was denied parole on this day in 2000 after serving 20 years in prison. This day, 2002, original guitarist, vocalist from the American psychedelic rock punk, no, not punk, rock band, Iron Butterfly, Daryl Deloche. Is that right? Yeah. You think? You're getting all the ones of people dying. What the hell's wrong with you? Because I kill them. What? Who On this day that? in 2004, UK singer Josh Stone scored a first number one UK album with her second release, Mind, Body, and Soul. There's another example of the blues. Yes. There was a little bit of a Thing with mm-hmm, her mm-hmm. in the or like in the early 2000s it was yes. a little bit of interest in, in that sort of thing yes. didn't do what they did in the years, but yeah yeah Josh Stone had put this out yeah Lord Jesus here we go this day 2008 singer producer and songwriter Johnny G Johnny Jackson died after jumping from a tear in a Los Angeles jail while serving a sentence for driving under the influence 
He okay, produced whatever. Tupac, yeah. yeah whatever. <laughs> Let's see, who else can I kill? According to the new scientific research, Queens, We Are the Champions was found to be the catchiest song ever written. Musicologist yeah. Dr. Aslan Pauli from the University of London, England, conducted research into what makes a song memorable and compiled a list of 10 catchiest songs of all time. During the research, they discovered that sing-along songs contained four key <coughs> elements, long mm-hmm. and detailed musical phrases, yes. multiple pitch changes in a song's hook, male mm-hmm. vocalists, higher male voices making a noticeable vocal effort, YMCA by the Village People, Some 41's Fat Lip, Europe's The Final Countdown were also on the list. Yes. All right. This day, 2013, the family of Michael Jackson lost a negligence case against concert promoters AEG Live over the death of the 40-year-old, 40, 50, 50, 50-year-old pop star. There's a guy who died way young. Yeah. Damn. The jury convicted a doctor, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, 2014, oh. mint condition copy of The Beatles. That's their uh-huh. debut. Please, please me. Excuse me. The Beatles' "Please Please Me" album, signed by George Harrison, wow. Paul McCartney, John Lennon, Ringo Starr, sold for thirty-six thousand dollars at auction held in the U.S. It's kind of. I thought you think, think that's it would low? Be high. Yeah, it sounds low. I thought it'd be oh, like a million dollars. This day, two thousand nineteen, Liam Gallagher was at number one in the U.K. charts with the second studio album. Why me? Why not? Why me, Lord? Yeah, um, I have. Um, I want to ask you guys. If we did um, an ad, if we did a um, an album we a podcast where we did a retrospective, yes. if we did it on an Oasis album, I think what's the story? Morning Glory is a like a brilliant record. Does anybody? It's just that floating to the audience. Does that interest too. interest anybody? You know. So uh, so anyway, it's just time to run down a couple of happy birthdays to folk. Sure, to folk. You know, folk? nice clean folk oh, hanging out at the Danny Rock and Roll Nice fine folk. Yes. Record triple player Ben Colley. Happy birthday. birthday. Johnny, John Perry Barlow, American yes. poet and political activist. Also lyricist for the Grateful Dead. Yes, happy birthday. Lindsey Buckingham, there you our go. good buddy from Fleetwood Mac. Happy birthday. Yes, he is our Stay good in 1949. Buddy. Ronnie Law, a saxophonist with Earth, mm. Wind, and Fire. Uh, happy birthday, yes. Dwayne Bailey, American guitarist Dwayne Bailey was toured and recorded. Oh, Bob Sigger. Oh yeah, from Sigger's band. Sigger's Singer. band. Uh, this day in 1954, happy birthday, there American singer songwriter and guitarist. Yeah, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Attaboy. Gail Greenwood, the bassist with Belly. Oh. Robbie James, happy birthday, Tommy Lee, drummer with Motley. Oh, ain't that some Motley to Creep. Yeah. Uh, this also could have been a podcast having to do something with Motley Crue. Sure. <laughs> I was but, thinking about that too. Yeah. I, was, I was weighing my options. Yes. It's 19, uh, happy birthday, Dan Miller, guitarist of the American Alternative Band. They might, oh, I love that band. Yeah. They might be giants. They might Build be. Build a little birdhouse in your soul. Be the only bee in your bonnet. Oh. Uh, Chris Collingwood, lead mm-hmm. vocalist, founding member of the power pop band Fountains of Hawaii. Yes. Yeah, this is I, I want us to come um, mm-hmm. to a podcast I want to do a podcast where each one of us brings a band right that is really good maybe had like maybe they were a one maybe maybe two hit wonder and okay. then kind of came and went but they were really really good it's a yeah. shame that people didn't know and my band would be Fountains of Wayne yeah 
you know, we yeah. could each have like a little segment we could talk. Sure. We could all talk about it, and we just pick like three at a time. There you go. Um, but I love this band. Yeah, they're really good, and like their albums are good. It's not just like they had that one song. If you go listen to stuff, like it's, it's all go- good. It's yeah. all really good. It's really good. Uh, ah. Gwen Stefani, born this day, nineteen sixty-nine, dudes. Kevin Richardson from the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> and oh, Jake Shears from the Scissor Sisters. How ironic go. his name is Shears. Oh, oh no, 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 no. His name is Jay, his real name is Jason Sel- oh, Sellers. So he ch- changed Jake it for the Shears, get it for the Scissor Sisters. Oh my gosh. Alright. So um Okay guys, happy right. birthday to all those All Yen's guys out there. All y'all. Yeah, it's oh y'all. Um, so next week we're gonna do an album. And we're gonna try to keep it spooky. Get into the spooky season. We're gonna do trick or treat. Uh, why are we doing that? Because it is a movie soundtrack for a horror movie called Trick or Trick or Treat. Yeah, from the eighties. Yeah, and there's a trick or treat from two thousand and seven that does not have any. That's rock not. Yes, yeah, I saw your text. I'm like, this is gonna be rough. Yeah, but, like, but we got we got straightened out. But, but yes, yeah, so Fastway did the soundtrack to it, so we're gonna do that and talk spooky shit and have some fun. You gonna try to watch the movie? I'm sure I'm gonna watch the movie. In fact, may I watch it tonight? Okay, you trick go. Or treat, you man. go right maybe, ahead, maybe watch dear. it because I want to okay. know what I'm getting. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Yes. So upcoming podcasts include yes bands that were ginormous but did not have a number one hit. There's somebody that is going to blow your mind. Really? There's somebody you're going to go like, no way. You're going to insist mm. that you go to the internet and look it up. And you're going to be like, you're shit, like, holy shit. Never had a number one hit. Right. Um, this, so, so we're going to, we're going to, we, we're going to do that as well. Um, I, what I think maybe might be fun on yes. how, the, uh, you know, the one at the end, the actual Halloween show, uh-huh. we should, could we talk about the scariest album covers? They're just Ooh. our per- the ones that yeah maybe I've, already us. some are coming to my mind so okay so that and we could and we could but you have to come and give like you have to talk about the band and like right the, the sure sure you can't sure. just go like yeah my arm guard blah 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 and it scared me yeah yeah no, that's, that's, yeah, no you have to, to tell us we gotta, you know, okay we I mean, can do that you know, we actually have to like do sure. something that sounds good okay folks uh, yeah. Ludini Rock and Roll Circus dot com go. Check that out because this is where you can become part of our inner circle and hang out Ooh. with all the cool people like Jody and Chris, Chris. and Bill and all the guys who are hanging out. Uh, Michael Goltz, all you guys out there hanging yeah. out with us. So we do appreciate that. So you can join in on the fun with that. So you can find out about that. RockRageRadio.com. Download the free It's app. free. It's totally free. You can listen free. to great music programming 24-7. And Wolf's Customs, find him on the interwebs yes. there. Chris Thunderwolf.com, hit him up. He's got some, uh, can do some wonderful things with your uh, guitar, bass, whatever you have out there. So check it out. Um, what am I going to do? I'm going to watch Trick or Treat. Are you? Do my homework. You're crazy. I'm going to do my homework for, for, next, crazy. for the next podcast. I'm, I'm up nice. for it. I'm getting psyched. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Just fuck it. Let's just do it. You're crazy. You're going to get I, that movie I, pregnant. You know what I... <laughs> you know what I, I... I... Like, deliberate over stuff way too much with the yeah. podcast topics. Like, oh, yeah. is this good? Yeah. 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 It's too much like this. Like, I take it, like, 
very seriously. Uh huh. I hope so. I just didn't. You know, I, I don't know because I like it. I enjoy it. It's fun. So yeah. So that's what we're gonna do next week. I'm gonna do that this weekend. I can't think of anything really going on, guys. Just if you can drop Lily a little yes. uh, comment somewhere some nice. Love. Say something nice. Don't be like, yeah, nice tits. Like, uh, well, maybe uh, she uh, like that too. She but, might like that, but, but nonetheless, say, yeah, say something like she's dealing with some shit right now, so she needs a little encouragement. Yeah. And I think it would be cool if we could spread the love. Don't forget yes. to vote for her as well. Oh yeah, she's still in she's the still, uh, face she, of horror. Face of horror. So don't forget that if you find vote daily, her, it's right. It's right there on right there on her Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. You can. There's a link right there. Just go and do that. Vote, so. vote, 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 vote often. Yes. So okay, guys, thank you so much. We had a good time tonight. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we're going to see Lily next week. Yes. And um, I would like to get Mr. Hawkins back as soon as possible as well. So Indeed. All right, guys. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll catch you all in the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Yeah.